It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Shannon Bream. I'm Will Kane. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. I'm Evan Brown. There continues to be greater discussions on the legacy of Mikhail Gorbachev and whether or not his achievements are still felt, appreciated or recognized inside the Russia of today. At the moment, uh, essentially, Putin is getting rid of the last vestiges of the Gorbachev-Yeltsin revolution. But it it is very hard uh, for me to believe that, that there is no historical memory, historical footprint left in Russia. Uh, by what Gorbachev started. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Vladimir Putin has certainly earned the world's ire as a strongman, a dictator, and a brutal one at that. And while his war against the Ukrainians will continue, the world is still marking the passing of Mikhail Gorbachev, the statesman of the 80s, who officiated as the general secretary when the Soviet Union collapsed. And there is a debate now over whether Gorbachev's moves were calculated or accidental. Many believe the former. I guess just the most uh, the most obvious thing is arithmetic. Um, Dr. Leon Aron is a Soviet-born American academic who specializes in Russia policy and history, and he's a senior fellow with the American Enterprise Institute. You take 240 million people in the former Soviet Union. You take at least 100 million people in East Central Europe that was under the Soviet domination, or you could call it an East European uh, empire, and he liberated them. I, I th- by my reckoning, he is, that makes him the greatest liberator uh, in history of humanity. Um, he essentially removed uh, a totalitarian uh, rule uh, over, over 350 million people. So that's the first thing. The second thing is he brought something to uh, that rule of the Soviet Union that has never been there before. Uh, or had never been there before, I should say. And that is the moral consideration. Uh, remember, uh, f- from the very beginning, from Lenin to Stalin to all other leaders, uh, you know, there could be back and forth, there could be, you know, a thaw, a, li- a bit of a liberation um, and liberalization, but it was all tactical. You know, Gorbachev, uh, we know now actually from his memoirs, but also from the documents um, and the memoirs of his of those who were with him, um, that he present, was this first Soviet leader who decided that it was wrong to rule through terror and lies. And um, I think everything stemmed from there. That is, I think, perhaps the linchpin that uh, that Gorbachev chose uh, something better, that he wanted something better. He, he understood not only was was Russia's economy failing and that it was not going to be sustainable. He realized more so that not only was communism failing, but that totalitarianism 
was not just failing, but it was morally wrong. And that seems to be, at least from my perspective, I think sometimes that gets a little lost in the weeds, that there there is a moral um, imperative to work against that iron fist type of rule that Russia was so the Soviet Union uh, was so infamous for that still exists uh, to a great degree in China. China has sort of eschewed communism and form for a form of capitalism, but it is still totalitarian. North Korea, Cuba, for instance, right off of our shores here in the United States, still practices this type of of uh, of rule. Uh, but Gorbachev was the really the first big world leader to say enough is enough. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, I, I think you put it well, and it's and it's sort of, sort of a miracle. Let me address a couple of things that that you mentioned and pass them. Um, but we, we've seen um, um, in the in the in the past couple of weeks this business about oh Gorbachev saw the Soviet economy is failing, so he had to do something. No, he didn't. <laughs> the Kims of North Korea are not doing anything. Uh, Cubans are not doing anything. Stalin killed uh, or starved at least 10 to 15 million people. He didn't feel that he needed to liberalize the regime to uh, uh, better its economy. So that's that's simply a it's a simple facile, I should say, uh, way to try to understand Gorbachev, and it's entirely wrong. And while we're at it, there's one other thing that I would like to say. Uh, on that subject, oh, he felt that that uh, strategic defense initiative um, and you know the technological uh, advancement uh, or superiority of the West were troubling, so he needed to he needed to uh, liberalize. Another, I mean, easily very easy to prove that this is wrong. Uh, first of all, with all my huge respect for Reagan, um, Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall, which, as we know, by the way, contributed to the moral. Uh, um, uh, situation in the Soviet Union. Um, with all of this, they knew from from the very beginning that the Strategic Defense Initiative, as as a shield against uh, Russian or Soviet uh, retaliatory uh, strike, was a pie in the sky. We still don't have it. <laughs> Secondly, um, so what? Uh, I mean, they had at that time before um, arms control agreements, um, or even with uh, sold. Uh, and start. Um, they had, uh, okay, let's say 7,000 strategic nuclear weapons. Goodness. <laughs> Look at North Korea. Do you need to liberalize the regime to, to do what exactly? To produce more uh, strategic missiles? In other words, they were already, they were already in the position, whatever their economy was, they were already in the position to annihilate the entire world and, of course, the United States. So again, to say that that he decided to liberalize because he was struck uh, by the brilliance of uh, strategic defense initiative and other uh, defense technologies of the West is false. We've been speaking with American Enterprise Institute senior fellow Dr. Leon Aaron on the Fox News rundown War on Ukraine. We'll have more with Dr. Aaron straight ahead. It keeps coming back to the point there there was a desire that he had to to end this totalitarianism that he could see his own people suffering from it uh, for for decades. Um, and there has been, I think, this uh, re-explaining of history, as, as you've mentioned, that uh, there were other factors besides this uh, contributing to his uh, his decision making while in office. Uh, 
sadly, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union did not have the effect worldwide that I think most people had expected it to have. China is still, as we mentioned, China is still practicing totalitarianism. Cuba is. And as you've mentioned, they haven't liberalized simply because their economies faltered. Uh, China embraced a form of of, uh, cheating capitalism, if you will. Uh, But uh, even here, closer to the United States, Cuba is still there. Their economy is an absolute shambles. North Korea has trouble feeding its people. Uh, its leaders don't care. They still live in whatever opulence they can they can uh, uh, muster. Uh, so what really would be the next step? I mean, I, I think sometimes people here in this country don't have that same frame of reference like we used to get in the perhaps in the 80s, where we were we were informed about how horrible it is to live under those conditions. Well, I think I think that's that's exactly correct. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the significance of Gorbachev, um, well, first of all, uh, you know, the, the fall of the Soviet Union did have, of course, uh, maybe maybe not as much as we expected, but did have um, a, a very significant impact on the rest of the world. For one thing, it discredited uh, state socialism. Yes, you said China. Well, remember, when Gorbachev started, China was an example of China was under a much more liberal uh, uh, rule. Still, of course, communist authoritarianism, but under Deng Xiaoping and and, uh, three more premiers before she took over and decided to essentially re-Stalinize China. Uh, China, you know, allowed quite a a bit of uh, um, uh, freedoms and quite a bit of liberties. And at that time, I remember visiting the Soviet Union, they looked at China, uh, 87, 88, as a good example of combining sort of, you know, uh, elements of capitalism with with one-party rule. Um, and and uh, that is that is maybe something that Gorbachev aspired to in a softer way. You know, he actually, uh, he was asked, what's the difference between you and Alexander Dubček? The leader of the 1968 communism with a with a human face that of course was crushed by the Russian tanks in Prague uh, in August of that year, and somebody said 20 years. That was the only difference. So so the the worldwide discrediting of the totalitarian or authoritarian socialism, uh, I think, was a huge uh, uh, impact. Um, uh, and it was a historic event. In other words, nobody in Asia or Africa, uh, whatever disguises those authoritarians use, they cannot say, oh, we're building uh, uh, socialism on the model of the Soviet Union. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that, you know, uh, the the author of one of the best books on uh, American democracy, which was, of course, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville, the and, and the book was called American Democracy. Um, had a marvelous in the introduction had a marvelous um, uh, image, um, and that was uh, that of the rivers that go underground and seemingly disappear, but then reappear again, maybe in a slightly different way. And I think this is the way we should think about Gorbachev. Um, he yes, at the moment, um, essentially, Putin is uh, uh, getting rid of the last vestiges of the Gorbachev-Yeltsin uh, revolution. But it, it is very hard uh, for me to believe that that there is no 
historical memory, historical footprint left in Russia uh, by what Gorbachev started. Of course, you know, the jury is out on this um, and uh, we'll see what happens after after Putin. But I'm almost certain uh, that one way or another, um, what Gorbachev started uh, will reemerge in, um, um, in, in, in the post-Putin Russia. Dr. Leon Aron of the American Enterprise Institute, thank you so much for being with us here on the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.